that is the point of this, right? That is the point of, of the project that we've been working on is how do we change the zoning? And I, I think, you know, a lot of people don't really like zoning or anything, or they, they, but it, it's, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local FM dial, 102.9, here today in the Franklin Recording Studio with a couple of good folks here, (laughs) Councilor (laughs) Melanie Hamlin, Councilor Kobe Frangelo. Welcome. Thank you for doing this. Oh, Steve, thank you so much for having us here. Um, I know it was a a (laughs) on-demand performance the door is open <laughs> anytime people want to talk for a public conversation to share through the channels we have uh, as long as the schedule can accommodate and today it does yeah we can do it yeah, so, well well thank you for everything you do anyways i know you're too yeah. humble but um we definitely thank you for being here today and at the senior center on thursday so um, I'll just start. We had uh, Kobe. Um, Kobe and I had we started to talk a little bit about the inclusionary zoning bylaw that was coming up for discussion, and uh, I learned so much from that conversation with him. I thought it would be really important to try to um, recreate it and help other people come along on this journey of learning about. Um, zoning and what it means to the people that we want um, to build houses for mm-hmm. and the people who actually build the houses. Yeah. Right? So to set the stage for clarity <laughs> and to pick up on yes. your point too, Senior Center was last Thursday. We did have the town office, coffee, social, breakfast, whatever. It was one of, it w- there were people who attended, but it was less well attended and it may just have been the holiday season sure. or whatever, but yeah. that's okay. It happens every third Thursday during the month right. and that's the council schedule. Jeff Roy's usually there. You are representing Jeff in this particular case. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that all works. So I'm coming from that. You wanted to recapture this. So yes, let's go. <laughs> well, I, I do think that the, the understanding the context of, of what we're talking about with inclusionary zoning, um, it, you know, if we could just get get into the, how, how we, we got here, because I, I think that um, you were actually just as I was getting on. I think it was already a process initiated before me. But we yes. knew that yeah. uh, we knew that housing affordability was uh, something that was important to Franklin. That was it was increasingly becoming an issue mm-hmm. that was facing Franklin residents and our ability to attract uh, new Franklin residents um, was the affordability of our of our homes, and that that's not unique uh, to Franklin by any means. The greater Boston area, uh, in general. Um, housing prices are rising faster than people are able to um, pay for them. And there are a whole bunch of different strategies, but all of those strategies came together through a housing production yes. plan process. Yes. Right. Um, and one of the recommendations of that housing production plan, which is our uh, our, our uh, packet to the state to say, here's our strategies for addressing um, housing affordability. One of those recommendations that ended up getting passed through the council and, and a, uh, w- with a thumbs up from the planning board was to address uh, inclusionary zoning. Um, and inclusionary zoning 
is one piece of, in my mind, it's one piece of that affordability, uh, which is saying that when someone, when a developer goes out to build a certain number of homes, uh, the most base version of inclusionary zoning says, when you go out to build X number of units, this percentage of those units need to be de you know, deeded affordable, permanently um, labeled uh, and controlled as affordable, which means uh, in the state, affordable is typically 80% uh, of area median income. So there's, a, there's an area median income currently for a four-person uh, four family, I think that's 140,000. Um, and so 80% of that um, with, I think, I want to say 30% going to housing prices. There's some calculator that says, here's what an affordable rent is, here's what an affordable uh, home price is. And inclusionary zoning is saying, okay, do we as a town want to say, if you're going to build this large of a structure, this many units on one parcel, should 10% of them be affordable? Should 0% be affordable? Should 20% of them be affordable. That That's what this conversation was. And one of the things that came out of the housing production plan was saying that we should move this forward. How, how accurately did I capture? <laughs> that's good. That's good. Definitely. And also, you know, it takes into account, you know, we have to think about like, why do we want to do this? Because we want, we want Franklin to stay above the 10% affordable, affordable right. um, limit. Right. Uh, and we also, you know, we we want to encourage different types of buildings. We want to see buildings. You know, as we as we um, as we save open space, we need to make sure that we have new growth and we have revenue. Right? We still have to. You know, the budget is one of the things that we really have to watch, and yes. so we have to kind of we have to balance that. Mm -hmm. Right? It's kind of like it's like a seesaw, and so we need to have. We need to have new growth, and so we have. If we put in a, a inclusionary zoning, which we both, I think, we both are really yeah. positive about, um, we need to make sure that it doesn't stagnate the new growth, that it's not restrict too restrictive, that we get growth, mm -hmm. and we get the growth we want, right? So that's the, another thing we have to add into this whole thing. Right while we can so we can save the outside we can save some open space mm -hmm. right so we have to have this balancing act and i think that's um to me that's the hard part so we we want to have affordable housing because we want to let people live here with us because mm -hmm. it's it's a great place to live right sure. yep so we if we pick um like a 10 percent affordability which is like so you know, we're doing all these other things at the same time. There's the MBTA community. There's the Franklin for All downtown That's project. That's where it kind of gets complex. And what we try to do is kind of simplify a little right. bit so people can say, oh, we're talking about this, and yeah. this is how we're going to go there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we I think about inclusionary zoning kind of downtown, in the downtown area um, where there, there are larger apartment buildings being built that people don't want to see there at all. Mm -hmm. And so... I thought I was thinking, well, what do people want? Like, how do we use this as a tool mm -hmm. to build the things we want to build and not have the things that people really don't want to have? Right. And so that's where this conversation with Kobe came in. And it was really interesting because we're thinking about, you know, the downtown zoning and it's like by right, how many, how many units per acre you can build mm -hmm. there. And then I just said to him, Wait a minute, that Birchwood, 
the building where the Birchwood Bakery is, people like that zoning. Like that, that mm -hmm. density is okay with people. Right. And m my bias was always like, well, people want units up to eight, you know, like buildings up to eight units. But that's not true. It's actually more than that. And it, I think that's it's it's deceiving, and that's where the devil's in the details. Yeah. And that happens to be a three-story building for those who can visualize it. It's on Main <laughs> Street, East Central, technically. It has a com commercial retail right. across that front floor. Yep. But then the second and third floor, because there is a three-story, right. two floors of dorms. They were originally going to be apartments. Then Dean bought them. Yeah. And now yeah. they're dorms. And people people like that, right? We found that in the Franklin for All project. People like those things. They want more of that. Mm -hmm. And so because I thought, well, how many units are in there? And it's not just eight. And that's when I said to Kobe, Kobe brought out his calculator. <laughs> and um, when we talked about what that meant. Like, so to me, like the, the number for inclusionary zone, when does inclusionary zoning start? When does it start? Yeah. Shouldn't be eight or 10 because we want it. We want actually, we we're okay with things maybe a little bit bigger than that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm going to let Kobe explain it because, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's really interesting to like how we, how we, learn and how we kind of move we move our ideas and try to explain explain it to other people right we're not and and we have to we have to learn how to communicate with each other <laughs> it's true in a public I, forum no less yeah <laughs> it is not easy it takes a lot of practice i think that from a, from a high level the 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 major cause of uh, affordable housing units has been a restriction on housing supply, right? We're simply not building homes and units um, at the rate that we're growing our population. And we're certainly um, not allowing for smaller units, the starter homes uh, that many people first came to Franklin with um, and, and uh, apartment units and, and you know smaller duplexes, accessory dwelling units. Like we, we've restricted the supply uh, of those. Uh, that's what's what's uh, jacked up um, prices because there's only so many units and there's and most of the units that can be built are these large, um, you know, McMansion type, you know, very large housing that isn't affordable to um, people starting off or people, you know, retiring and, and looking to. Um, go smaller. So at the, at the base of all of this is we need to make sure that the rules at which uh, we allow development to happen, we need to make sure that they actually do allow development to happen. And this is going to overlap with a whole bunch of different conversations, but especially when we talk about uh, inclusionary zoning, uh, we need to, it, you know, what we're saying the, the crux of the number that we're talking about is at what size unit do we need to start saying X percent needs to be affordable? And for the most part in town, we're saying that's 10% needs to be affordable because that's what the state asks each town to have is 10% affordable. So we're saying, all right, 10% affordable. At what point does that start? And what we need to do in that conversation is make sure that whatever number we set it at, we actually allow units to be built. Because if we set it too low, 
if we say, okay, uh, one out of every five units needs to be affordable. Well, if a five unit can't be built, it's, it's impossible to you know make a profit on a five unit where one of them uh, is making affordable rent, then we're not getting any new affordable units. We're just further restricting housing supply and further uh, jacking up prices for everyone else uh, in town. And this is this has happened, right? Uh, inclusionary uh, zoning um, policies around the country have had mixed results in terms of whether they uh, increase affordability or whether they have the exact opposite effect. Why? Because if you come in too, res too restrictive, you end up just not building uh, new units and we end up worse than than we were uh, before. I want to say, and I, I was trying to pull this up, I believe um, a, a survey of all Massachusetts inclusionary zoning, 60% um, of communities that have inclusionary zoning, so 140 municipalities have inclusionary zoning, 60% of them with inclusionary zoning have not created any affordable units, right? And to me, that means that they're starting too low, right? They don't understand the finances behind what actually gets a project to be built. Um, they, they thought it sounded good, which it does, right? We all want affordability, mm -hmm. uh, but we, we want affordability that actually happens and, and we can welcome. So, so that's where this conversation that, comes. So yeah. with 140 of the 351 in the, in the Mass Commonwealth, yeah. 140 have on paper inclusionary zoning. As of January 1st, 2020. Okay, and you're saying that whatever they've got, and again, we don't necessarily, because it's a survey, we don't necessarily know all of the individual details, right, right. but it's not resulting in the end result of what we want. actual affordable zone yes. improvements. Yeah, and so that's, that's the... That's, that's a problem. That is a huge problem, and that's the conundrum. That's how do we get people to understand that we need to... We need to make sure that they're buildable mm -hmm. so that we get them built. Right. Because we need that for new growth. Right. We need that to, yeah. to, because we want more housing. We want more people downtown or, you know, in, in different areas. But we, we want them, we need more housing for people so that they can afford it. You know, I was just thinking like when um, I started as a lab tech like what my salary was, I, I don't think I'll say it, but mm -hmm. I looked up the starting salary of a research technician at Children's Hospital, where I worked for 17 years, it's 44,000 to start. Mm -hmm. That's with a college education. That's with, 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 um, with probably some, some experience mm -hmm. at being right. in a lab, right? Yep. So if you're, I just think like, I never would be able to afford to live here on that salary today to the, and then, with and, that position. And, and I yeah. would never have been able to afford to move to to move to Franklin if I hadn't if I wasn't old and I had already started a long time ago, right? So mm -hmm. people now can't afford to live to live to even afford rent on their own, let alone right. buy a house on their own. Right. Right. So um, and it, it, we 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 have to have this conversation about what the face of inclusionary zoning is people like mm -hmm. me and like yeah. Kobe, right. right? That need to live, that need a place to live. Mm -hmm. And then, but we also have to make, so we have to make sure it gets built. Agreed. Yeah. And I'll throw myself into the mix to sent from a senior living in a colonial, the kids are gone. I would like to downsize. There's nothing appropriate for me here in Franklin for me to let 
another family come in to use the colonial because my kids are gone and they could use it nicely. Right. right? right. So we're kind of stuck. And that, that's one of the pieces, that, at least from an affordable perspective, you got the senior side. Right. It's not just the young mm -hmm. uh, and the low income. You've got the senior side and we need to develop that mix of or inventory of properties available housing stock to another right. term like, like, like medium income yeah. and, and affordable yeah i think um so you know michelle Wu, mayor Wu, she she's going to change her requirements for for affordable housing in boston so there she wants to put it up to 22 percent or something from 13 and and to go from nine units to, for to start at nine units down to five units but I think Franklin and Boston are really different, right, Colby? I, yeah, that—that's you know, given the that, that's assuming that the, that the mayor's proposal would would even be effective. But yeah, we're yeah. We're, we're we're different. I'll let you continue. No, I want. Well, I wanted you to <laughs> you talk about how we're different because I uh, asked you. That. Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. What what were the they, they were proposing to start at five? And yeah, they want to start at five. They're at nine now, and they want to go down to five. Yeah, in terms of when inclusionary zoning starts. starts. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, when you go and, and talk to people who are uh, building buildings, there's a whole bunch of costs that go into one side. And then on the other side, you have to be making revenue that justifies those costs. Now, most people, um, unless you're a super, super multi, you know, national or multi-state um, developer, uh, you're borrowing most of that from the bank. You're borrowing 70% uh, plus uh, from the bank. And if you're doing that, um, then the only way that a project happens is if the bank says, yes, you can actually make uh, sufficient profit on that and, and pay us back. All right, so what are some of those calculations that go into whether a project can actually uh, move forward that make us different than Boston? Um, one is uh, the interest rates that you can get uh, from a bank. Um, it's more risky to build in Franklin than it is in Boston, so you can get lower uh, interest rates uh, in Boston. Um, construction costs uh, and availability of labor um, has been a, a massive part of um, our, our construction costs, and so it's a little more expensive to build per square foot in, in Franklin. Uh, than it is in Boston. And then on the flip side, you're charging massively different rents um, for uh, in, in all the other units and all the non-affordable units. You know, in, in Franklin, it's still high. Um, uh, you know, a single family or a single uh, one-person bedroom, I think it's going for like 1,900. Uh, two two bedroom is going for like 2,400. Mm -hmm. uh, but in Boston, they're, they're, they're much, much higher than that. And so the, the chances for you to make the math work uh, at five units is much, much greater. Now, this is given that this is even a, 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 a smart thing. And I think that there are a lot of um, affordable housing advocates that are wary of adjusting uh, the inclusionary zoning in Boston um, be for the exact reason that I'm saying, that if, if they overshoot, mm -hmm. uh, if they overcorrect, if they say, oh, we're building a lot of units, because they are, I think... Um, 2,000. Yeah, they're, they're building by far the most yeah. units of, of anywhere based on their current inclusionary zoning. Mm -hmm. And so they're thinking, oh, we could get a little more if they overdo it. 
uh, then they just stop uh, development. Just cuts the pipeline, um, and and that's that's the fear. But they're certainly much more likely to be able to put that m- number uh, starting at five um, than than we are uh, here in Franklin. So. Um, so one of the things that you had mentioned to me was that they just build bigger, right? There's they 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 just more square put, footage. There's there's just more units. Like, and that's not what we want here. Mm-hmm. Right? We want we want medium-sized units, right? Small, medium. Um, we don't want the big ones. So then it costs the builders more, sure. basically, and the cost of the land. Right? Is another big cost of land is huge in, in, in Franklin. Yeah. 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 I, I think that, um, yeah, when people think of the uh, projects that are scaring them in Franklin. Um, that you know, and and I think it's okay to not be scared by them. Um, but in general, the you know, getting a the the sense of where the the town's at, the new East Central units, um, you know, sort of right next to that new Starbucks. Uh, then a little further down across from the Honeydew, you're about to get. Uh, I want to say sixty. I think it's thirty. Oh, we knock it down. We knock it down. Okay. Station one seventeen has. Uh, 250-something? Two, 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 yeah. yeah. right. <laughs> Those are larger complexes that no matter what, we're, those will fall under inclusionary zoning. Right? You look at a, something like Station 117 where they're making 200 units, their ability to pull a profit off of all those units mean that they could absolutely be having 10% of them be affordable, right? Because they're just working on uh, much larger margins. So what we're looking at, and, and that's true with, yeah, as you said, that's true with most things in Boston. We're not talking about five or six unit things for the most part. We're right. talking about, you know, 200 plus uh, unit buildings where uh, the inclusionary zoning, um, you know, the, the, the developer can absolutely feel uh, more certain that they're going to be able to make a profit after all of it uh, because they have so many other units um, providing uh, input that they're taking a margin off of. Um, so what we're talking about is where is the line? Where does it start to say, okay, we want to welcome all these projects, uh, but we want any of these projects at this size to be contributing to our, uh, you know, subsidized housing inventory, um, and, and that's a that's a tight thing. But at the end of the day, it's somewhat of a math problem. It's a moving math problem, mm-hmm. but it's a math problem in that. You need a a bank or anyone to be able to look at a project and say, you know, for the cost going in and the revenue that you can get on the other side, uh, can you justify building that project? And uh, until the answer is yes, um, the inclusionary zoning is just going to make it uh, more difficult um, to actually get more more units. And so I'm trying to sit down with with developers in Franklin, especially the smaller developers. I mean, it, developers are are a weird. Uh, they're a weird thing because I think that uh, uh, in a lot of ways they're you know they're seen and and maybe they are uh, greedy and they're and they're looking to come in and, and make a profit uh, and, and and stuff in as many units into a small space as they can without regard uh, for the town or without regard for the tenants. That's that's a, a fear that many people have of uh, developers, but also developers are the only way that you get housing units. And they're the only way that we actually bring down housing costs, that we actually provide uh, new units to new people. And if that's going to be the case, 
then I think that we'd prefer developers who are bought into town, who are local, who do smaller projects, who will put more attention and time into each of their projects, will work with the people, have to live in that community. Those are the types of people uh, that we want. Um, and if that's the case, then you know, understanding where their economics are, understanding what uh, makes a, a project uh, go forward is helpful in understanding where we as a town should be, um, you know, setting our restrictions on, on inclusionary zoning, I think. <laughs> well, I see though, so that, that's the thing, right? I mean, we have, we have these developers that they're people too, okay? Like, they're our neighbors. Or, like, they're, they're, our neighbors. they're our neighbors. They live here, they have kids here, they have their, or their family, they, their family grew up here and they're vested in this town. They, they don't, you know, they don't want everything just to fall apart. Nope. So I think having this conversation, like Kobe's been speaking with some of the developers is really important. And I know that we tried to get, have this conversation on an economic development subcommittee meeting one time or some time ago, just to say, well, how much does it really cost to build mm -hmm. things? And I think, I think it's very important for people to understand. I think they, right. that if they, maybe we could do this in a meeting or something someday and we could bring people along with us to learn about it. And then you start to think, okay, like we, we want these 12 unit buildings. We, you know, we, or, or 20 or, you know, down to the downtown commercial, the way we, that's already zoned for that. Mm -hmm. And so it's not really, the downtown commercial zone isn't really that dense because we we've already shown that we people like it right right and so maybe you know if we can get other people to say if we can get them to realize like yeah you like that building but this is the density there so these are the things we want to encourage being built mm -hmm. we don't want to discourage builders from building these but anything bigger than that we don't want right mm -hmm. so I think I think a lot of times builders think that inclusionary zoning is sort of a punishment, mm. but I I hope they realize that that's not what we're trying to do, mm -hmm. right? We want them to help us develop the you know the, the housing and the downtown corridor the way we want it to be developed as a as a community, mm -hmm. and um, and that that's really what I wanted people to hear about is is this conversation that Kobe and I had. That we um, and he he has a maybe you could put the website in. I can in, certainly add some, the add some to the show notes for sure. And yep, and yep. It, and people can put their number. You can put numbers in, and you can see where where it makes sense. And and did you want to? Yeah, add well, it? I was going to say. Yeah, I, I was going to encourage. So this yeah. calculator that that's been referenced a few times. This is just one uh, tool um, that exists to essentially you get to you get to play. Play bank, looking at um, you know, can this project uh, be feasible? And it's, it's a very intuitive um, platform that says, all right, put in your construction costs, put in your housing costs, put in your marketing costs, uh, and then put in the local rents. Put in how much you want to be affordable, uh, how many parking spaces you need to build, uh, all of that, and then how much of a profit uh, you want to um, make, and it tells you uh, whether uh, you can build that project. And I think that if you look at some of the projects that uh, 
that you like. Maybe you don't even think about them, but you go by them all the time. Uh, they're, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine unit, uh, 12 unit uh, complexes that are downtown. They're providing um, people who are, who are keeping those businesses alive downtown. They're beautiful buildings that make it nice uh, to, to walk around. Uh, those projects wouldn't have been built if they had to do uh, 10% uh, affordable, and so uh, and you can you can play with this. You can look up, uh, you know, how many how many acres, how many units you're trying to get in there. Um, that that's just one of the tools. If you're interested in doing that, um, I will say current costs. Currently, we're looking at construction costs around two hundred fifty dollars uh, per square foot. Mm -hmm. uh, land costs at like seven hundred thousand per acre or something close to that. So it's going to be difficult to build anything now. But if you go back to like a normal time where you're talking maybe 500,000 per acre, you're talking 150 per square foot construction costs, you start getting to into a world where you could build some units um, at, at certain sizes and you can play around with, with that. So I, I encourage this, this tool for anyone, but it's, it's one of the tools that I'm using to help figure out, you know, where, where, yeah, where we should be setting that, hey, anything this and above. Mm -hmm. um, we think that you can make a profit on um, and, and still add to our affordable housing um, stock. Um, so I, that's, that's, been a, so that's, what we're, yeah. that's what we're talking about. That's what we're trying to decide. And yeah. this is a really great tool. It's also um, important for people who, who are like, everybody has this number in their head. So that's, I think right now, that's what we're dealing with, right? Everybody has like, it has to be this. And I want people to actually step back a minute and think about mm -hmm. what it really means and what do we, will it get us where we want to be? And, and, and then if it, and if it, it might, but it, but it might not, then we gotta, we gotta like actually like squeegee those details so that they make it so we get what we want right mm -hmm. the, and that's the fine tuning that's the hard part mm -hmm. um, but it takes the ability to speak to each other and to right. communicate with each other yeah. and to actually listen to each other to yeah. be able to get there yeah, back and it's, to the terminology back to the conversation <laughs> it'll take time because you gotta walk each person will need to walk along the path, the journey, and right. some journeys are going to be quicker than others. Some are going to take a little bit more time, and it's yeah. as long as you, we all get to the end <laughs> <laughs> where we have affordability and inclusionary that will actually do something, as opposed to we talked earlier the 140 that have it on paper, but they're not doing anything with it because of the finances is just not working. Yeah, and that's we, like that's, that's not, not going to help us. That doesn't help anybody. That yeah. makes it harder for everything to get done. Mm -hmm. And we can't, we can't, like, we, that's not what we're here for, but we, we don't want that. We don't want it to stagnate. We want, we want mm -hmm. it to develop and to grow, but to be the way we want it to be. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I, I love that you set, you set out the goals, because I think that's helpful for keeping us grounded as to, as to what we're working for. There's one goal of, hey, in order to... Uh, afford the services that we all enjoy, our fire, our police, mm -hmm. our schools, our senior center, our library. That takes revenue. The, the state limits how much revenue uh, we can get. Um, and we have expenses that are growing faster than that. And that means that we're going to need to uh, grow, continue to grow. 
um, in order to afford all those services. And so we just want to make sure that that growth is appropriate um, and, and done so in a way that uh, adds to our town uh, and doesn't uh, take away from it. And the other main goal is the biggest thing that we hear about at the senior center office hours um, or around town is that people can't afford to live in Franklin. Um, most mostly we're hearing it from young professionals, people like myself mm -hmm. who come back uh, after graduating um, and hey, would love to contribute and come back home and be part of uh, this town that, that um, uh, you know, grew them uh, into, into the person that they are, but they really just can't afford. The right. units don't exist right. um, for them to move back. And our aging uh, population who uh, moved in through the 60s, 70s, 80s, even uh, 90s, put their kids through our schools um, and now are looking to downsize, but they still want to stay here uh, in town. Um, as, and, and that's good for everyone because them moving out of those units allows others uh, to move in. Um, you know, as, as, as soon as everyone starts freezing, the, the prices just keep going up. Um, we hear from, yeah, from our uh, seniors all the time um, that they're not able to find uh, the units. So that those are the two main uh, goals of this and we want to make sure that any policy we pass actually furthers um, those two things and uh, does not. And on, on that first one in terms of growing in a way that we don't want, um, and this has come up a few times where it's really hard to visualize the types of units that we do want mm -hmm. or the types of units and like what, how big they are and I don't know. I, I, I did a, a Twitter thread. Um, I don't know. Uh, it was twenty twenty one. Maybe that was, is that was the one we shared after we had talked once upon a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did it on your bike and you took pictures. Uh, exactly that. Yes. So I had biked yes. around yep. uh, downtown and uh, and I just started taking pictures of uh, units that uh, currently are against our zoning. <laughs> um, that are really pretty and nice and provide uh, affordable housing units um, that I think people don't even realize. I didn't realize. It, it yeah. was crazy. I mean, this is mm -hmm. we're talking yeah. West Street, East Street, mm -hmm. Dean, uh, Wachusett, Hutchinson, union. all these uh, union, absolutely, yeah. um, where you have these <laughs> sort of old Victorians that have been converted into four, five, six units. You have these um, uh, apartment complexes that fit uh, the character of that street. You have the mixed-use buildings downtown um, that you know sustain a, a bakery like Birchwood that we all have all been uh, enjoying um, that you just sort of take for granted. Um, and so, yeah, when, when we hear like, ah, oh, we don't like how the town is growing, I think that it's, it's uh, units that are very different than the types of units that we're talking about today because yeah. I think yes. these types of units are things that exist already in Franklin that you love and that make Franklin uh, a town. Well, and that adds that other wrinkle to, to the extent that these units that are already here, whether they're along Union, West Central, et cetera, or downtown, heaven forbid something happened to those, we could not rebuild that unit today. Yeah. That in itself is an issue because yeah. if it's something we already want and we can't do it, well, that, that, <laughs> there's yeah. a problem there. I mean, and that's, that, that is the point of this, right? That is the point of, of the project that we've been working on is how do we change the zoning? And I, I think, you know, a lot of people don't really like zoning or anything, they, they, but it, it's, it's fascinating mm -hmm. that you can, that as Kobe mentioned earlier, 
like we we zone we changed our zoning so that it made it so that we had to build these big big mansions that mm -hmm. we had to put all this infrastructure in that cost the town a ton of money mm -hmm. right right instead of focusing downtown and 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 building more upon the infrastructure that's already there mm -hmm. and so it doesn't cost us more right but it brings in more revenue right yep. and it brings what we want to see so that so that that's like the next part i think mm -hmm. that'll be the next time we come and talk yeah. we'll talk about <laughs> like what we want how are we gonna bring that back so mm -hmm. that you could redo that right if i can if i can tie the two if you want to play around <laughs> with this calculator one of the funnest pieces of it or or saddest pieces of it <laughs> is, depending upon your perspective yeah, yes is play around with the minimum parking units because oh, um, yes. they, they put in um, a parking unit per unit is costing a developer fifteen to twenty thousand uh, on average um, these days, based on uh, just the the amount of um, the amount that concrete and everything is, is costing. Right, uh, fifteen to twenty thousand. If we put in try to try to make a project work with. Uh, two units per uh, or sorry two parking spaces per unit or two and a half parking spaces per unit which many of our zoning things require even when they're right on top of a, a train station and with a working bus route um it's, it's very difficult to to make those um projects work <clears throat> those costs uh, add up and if you are ever going to make them work then they just get put into our baked into the rent of our uh commercial units and our residential units um and that prices out uh, the, the very people that we're trying to help. Right, mm -hmm. that's not very affordable yeah. then. No, no, no. no. So that's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that there are two pieces. Uh, it, it, everything, everything that we're going to be talking about for the next year plus more. Uh, <laughs> is, is, it overlaps and is tied together mm -hmm. and is all going to making this math work and making it work in a way that builds, uh, continues to build the t uh, upon the town that, that we enjoy. Um, so we, we talked today specifically um, about the inclusionary. That's just saying, you know, it, when you build a certain amount of size, um, how many of those have to be uh, deeded uh, affordable. But all of this contributes to different types of affordable, whether it be capital A affordable deeded or lowercase a affordable, just in the, referring more to the type of housing units, referring more to um, the, 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 you know, uh, ability to get to basic services without um, you know, it costing you a, a fortune and all of that. Um, so it, it all it all combines, um, yes. and, and I hope that we can keep talking about it. <laughs> I, 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 there is plenty of time to do so, and of I, course, yeah, I think that the the way it all interacts and combines is is sometimes is what um, seems confusing to people, or it seems very difficult to pull them apart, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and it. It, they you can pull them apart a little bit but we still need to but we but we have to realize further on we have to do deal with this thing that's part mm -hmm. of this side branch you know think about it as it could be a tree or a web a spider web or something right. it's all connected yeah uh, but i think we will get there i think we have um there's a couple of us who are very um passionate about it yeah <laughs> well, well, it's, it's great. and and it takes time for change, and, and, but I think we'll get there. Mm -hmm. I hope. 
I think we'll get there. Yeah. We I'm have confident. to get there. I always think, well, we'll get there eventually because failure is not... Failure's not an option. option. <laughs> and doing nothing is not an option. That's one of the things I think um, that can frustrate people a lot is that a lot of times people just give up and they, mm -hmm. they just stop working on it. Like I, we hear it multiple times, like this is people have tried to do this and yeah. a time and time again, right. right? And nothing ever changes. And I'm like, well, that's, that's not how I do things. Right. 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 And right. I don't think Kobe's going to give up either. So we'll, we just keep, we just keep going forward and finding these kind of conversations to have. Mm -hmm with people yep. i mean to you know we we're trying to bring us together <laughs> right yeah. right we have yeah. to find a consensus right and um and the and so these things can help us all come together mm -hmm. and i'll use that as the plug that having listened to this and we certainly hope and thank you for listening <laughs> you'll be able to have conversations with your friends and others if you have further questions for kobe and melanie the links are already on the town website i'll put them on the page as well so you'll be able to reach out to them and say hey you were talking about this or that etc yeah but then the conversation does need to continue and while it's on this aspect there are other aspects that will then come to play in and yeah. some people are, can follow kind of the mental path. Some people will need some visual examples. So we'll include the link for your bike ride with the photos, et cetera. Yeah, that so was that really we'll, good. So we'll help frame some of the discussion. Mm -hmm. And then clearly we'll have other opportunities. I think, what was it, the Harvest Festival? There was a, a photo booth with some views that you could put in strawberry, the background. Strawberry, strawberry stroll. stroll. Okay, it was one of the festivals. <laughs> but to get that mind set in terms of when you're walking downtown, when you're walking Main Street, yeah. what is it that's really there? On one side, along the post office, Dean Bank, and then Depot Square, those are all one-story buildings. Mm -hmm. On the other side, those are two, and yet you can look back in the pictures. At one point in time, one or two of those buildings had three or had four stories. Right. Right there, yeah. And yep. then there was a fire or something. They took off the top story. It's, yeah. So things have changed. But the real issue, as we've talked here, if we tried to rebuild that today, we couldn't under the current zoning. Right. So how do we have these conversations to say, right. we need to do this and make it affordable? And give us enough revenue so we continue to do what we do. Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, I think when people say, well, nothing ever changes, it's like, well, because it, it's complex. It's complex. And you don't, I think we don't want to just make a decision like that and, and not bring in all of these other um, things to consider, issues to consider, because we don't, we don't want to, there's a lot riding on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And we don't want to stagnate our revenue, and we and we and we want to have places for people to live. So you know, I think we all kind of agree on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah. And, and, and we're getting there. You know, yeah. it's 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 um it's been a very interesting process for me, and um and there's different personalities and different ideas, but there's always a common thing in the middle that I try mm -hmm. to pull pull together so mm -hmm. um it's it's been a really fun ride mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> well, we're so here far. to help the ride <laughs> we're all we're like, a lot, we gotta right? get everybody to come along with us that's come all along. But, Join um, the bandwagon. yeah so i think you we we work on our individual biases about how we think about things and mm -hmm. we see things and um and it helps to 
really understand what we what it is like what it is we like and what it is we see and um, and then try to communicate that right mm -hmm. and so it's how do you get that into words that's right. kind of in, right. in ex build that understanding yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 indeed well thank you for taking time to share this I think I learned some stuff as well which is always good I enjoy that hopefully the listeners will have learned something as well and we'll reach out and certainly continue to listen as we have more of these discussions going forward. Yeah. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you. You're the best. And a quick reminder, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.